Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Today on the Focus on Why podcast, I am joined by Neil Velio. Neil, a very warm welcome to you. Thank you so much. Lovely being here, Amy. Really appreciate it. Well, I'm looking at your background and for the audience's benefit who cannot see it right now, it says Podnose Podcasting. What does Podnose Podcasting mean? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I'll be, I'd love to give you a really poignant, romantic uh, you know, a poetic reason for it. But it came up by the side of a pool in Mexico after one or two uh, Blue Lagoons. Um, I had the idea that I wanted to launch a podcast coaching business. Or at that point, actually, I wasn't sure entirely what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to do something with helping people with podcasting because I've always been a fan of it. Um, and the, the one thing that I've understood through working with people, also listening to them and, and working independently as an editor as well from time to time, is a lot of people didn't really know what they were doing. And that's completely not their fault. It's one of those things that unlike media colleges and, you know, where you can go and do production courses at colleges and universities, you can even go to academies and, you know, learn how to um, to do radio and TV. There isn't really a similar thing for, for podcasting. It's sort of almost bunched in together in, in the sort of media world, if you like, almost like an extension module. Um, from what I understand, it's obviously been a long time since I was at school or any education system. Uh, but I just, yeah, it just occurred to me that I tend to know quite a bit about podcasting, having having done it since, you know, essentially the turn of the millennium. Um, so I thought, what better name for a, for a podcasting company than pod knows i knew i didn't want my name in it because you know for me i've left those days of ego behind it's not about me it, it's all about you know the, the podcaster and helping them so i thought it's just a really nice way of of really encapsulating in a really short one well two syllable word what i do that was it really so neil while you're right here saying what you do what is it that you are doing that's a really good question because on the surface of it and this is what I try and tell my my podcasters is when you're doing a podcast, you're not doing what people think you are, which is sitting down, recording audio, you know, editing that audio, publishing it online, sending it out to the world and then hoping people listen to it. That's not what podcasting is. What podcasting is for me, it's about communication. It's about offering advice, thoughts some value to the world. You know, it's almost like you're you're building a legacy based on your knowledge. And I think without podcasting, it's really easy to just essentially take it with you to the grave. You know, all this all this experience that we have as people, we've all got different skills that we bring to the world. We've all got different experiences and we've all got different levels of knowledge. And everybody, I, I don't care how many podcasters there are out there, we're all doing very different things and we all offer very different value. Um, so for me, it's about teaching people that it's not about what you're doing, 
funnily enough, there's a bit of brand synergy here. It's about why you're doing it. You know, what's the purpose behind why you're creating this content? Is it because you want to get sales for your business? Totally valid reason. Is it because you want to generate awareness of your brand? Again, completely valid reason. Or is it because what you're trying to do is you're trying to put some knowledge out there that maybe you're not looking to monetize directly, but you know you're sitting on something that is so unique and so valuable to somebody that it can change their life. So for me, it's about sitting down with them and identifying why you're doing this, first of all, and then, you know, what, what's your end goal? Do you want to enrich someone's life or do you want to feather your bank account? Because obviously there are two very different approaches there. And what's the approach you've adopted? <laughs> Personally, for my own podcast, it's all about money, mate. It's like, give me the money. No, I'm kidding. It's totally, for me, you know, I'm just so passionate about the medium. Um, and for me, whenever I'm I'm doing any sort of podcasting, for me, uh, it is about doing it because, you know, I think it's a really sad existence if you only do anything for business. You know, you've got to, you you can't, re and, and you're the same, Amy, you know, you do a brilliant podcast, which we're on now, um, and, and it's, it's clearly, it's clearly serving a purpose for you. You want to share these stories with people, and you really obviously believe in the importance of the why. I agree with you. It's fundamentally important to any sort of excellence or success, or, you know, and in some cases, existence. Um, so, you know, it's a similar thing. I want to be able to deliver that, you know, the, the benefit of my experience and my knowledge. If I get business off the back of it, that's a bonus. That's not why I'm doing it. But when I'm working with other people that are doing podcasts that I'm creating with them, then I, I'm really, I'm, I'm sort of looking at, even if they think they know why they're doing it, I'm looking at it on the other. I'll give you an example, actually. There was there was a, a chap that I'm working with who, who emailed me the other day because he was having a bit of a come to Jesus moment. And he sort of sat down and he said, I've listened back to the episode, Neil, and I, d I don't know, can I ask you a couple of questions? When you listen to this podcast, what do you think it's about? Now, his show is about leadership, but the actual content of the podcast is a bit less about leadership and a bit more about business experience. So I sort of said to him, look, you know, I think we really have an opportunity here to sort of look at what you're trying to achieve, which is you're trying to create leaders. You're trying to set an example. You're trying to create a world where, you know, Boris Johnson is not the be all and end all. He's not what we have to have in life. We can have great inspirational leaders. That's a possibility. And you could play your part in that. You know, even if it's a 1% part of that goal, you could make an impact and you could make a difference that then creates a future world leader that we can be proud of as, as a human race. So it's for me, it's really about helping them to identify that perhaps they need to explore that a little bit more. You mentioned that you left your ego behind. Those days have gone. What was it that sort of caused you to move away from that? I'll be completely honest. I didn't like who I'd become. Um, I, I worked in a very ego-driven industry for the best part of 30 years uh, on and off. And, you know, radio people are not nice people. I will say that you get some. I'm not being completely, you know, generalizing there. There are one or two people who are absolutely lovely. Um, and I'm not talking about what you see on the television or you hear on the radio. I'm talking about when the cameras are off, when the mics are down, they're still lovely people. Those people are fewer <laughs> further between than, than you might know. But 
it's it's an industry that's driven by greed and self-interest and agenda. And for me, it, it's before mental health was a thing. And I'm going to sound like a complete Gen Xer here. I make no excuses for that. I am 45 years old. I'm going to. I'm one tweet away from being cancelled. But the truth is, you know, before mental health was the buzzword that it's now become. And it's obviously incredibly important. I'm grateful that it's now been identified as um, as a trigger and as an issue and something we should bear in mind you know before that was the way you know we all suffered mental health this isn't a new thing and you know for me radio was one of those things that really triggered mental health issues you know you'd go in and you know you couldn't be yourself you had to be, you had to play a part and when you've got bosses turning around to you and saying you know don't talk about this thing that's really important to you because we need to get you to the next track as soon as possible and you think, actually, the listeners are responding to the complete opposite of what you're directing us to do. I have a feeling you have no idea what you're talking about. But because you're in a position that you've been employed for that, I have to respect you and go along with that. And it, it doesn't feel comfortable. And frankly, you're underpaying me for what we're delivering. So, you know, it, for me, it was a it was a case of I absolutely don't like the anger, the frustration, the bitterness the the personality these people are forcing me to adopt and i just yeah it was it was time to call it quits and that was it and i i had you know it was a sad day when radio sort of went under in 2017 when uh, one particular company bought all the radio stations and homogenized them and turned them into a uh, you know a back a background you know pop music driven brand um, and it was sad for people that were in the industry but personally i think i'm quite grateful it happened because i think a lot of people now have been released from the shackles of that ego that they're that they're they're kowtowing to essentially kowtowing that's a great word fantastic so moving away from the radio and into the podcast space what does that allow you to do now wow i mean that is a massive question because there is so much that it allows us as communicators to do you know creativity uh, you know, that's something that's been that's been lacking in a lot of media platforms uh, on a lot of mediums recently. Um, obviously, things like TikTok have now come along that have allowed people to express some are expressing better than others, honestly. But, you know, the fact that they've got that opportunity is an amazing thing. Um, it, it's it's a it's a chance to tell the sorts of stories that might be considered, you know, inappropriate for other platforms, which, and when I say inappropriate, I don't mean <laughs> penis jokes. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is, you know, if if you've got somebody in your family that's, that's suffering from cancer or, you know, some other horrible disease or you're struggling with something where you just really feel passionately about something, you know, there are certain criteria you have to meet in other platforms and i think even blog posts you've got to be really careful about what you write down on the internet because it stays forever and you know if, if you put something online that people don't like we've seen examples of this over the years people have written blog posts that have ended up getting them fired and i think with podcasting what it now what it offers is it because especially now that it's become super popular and it's you know bordering mainstream essentially it's validating that that ability now for people to say do you know what i got something to say and i'm just going to say it and if you don't like it then don't follow don't subscribe don't listen but whatever you think whatever you feel you're either going to get it or you're not and if you don't i wish you the best of luck get on with your merry way 
if you do resonate with what I'm saying, then come on board. You're part of my tribe. You know, you, I, I want you as part of my community. And I think that's something that most media doesn't allow, most mainstream media, let me qualify that, doesn't allow you to do. It's a similar thing with YouTube. You know, you get YouTubers who, who start shows that would never get commissioned in a million years on normal platforms. You know, you've got Netflix, obviously, now trying to sort of push boundaries and, and explore different types of formats. And I love that about them. Um, but podcasting just because it is so accessible because you don't need to be actively involved in the content as it's being generated you know as it's transmitting for want of a better word it's it's so brilliant to be able to just turn your brain off for an hour half an hour 10 minutes whatever however long the content is and just absorb it there was clearly no other route for you after leaving radio <laughs> I, listen i've got this face i'm doomed <laughs> haven't heard of that face for podcasting Neil that makes a lot of sense so to me you talked about it becoming popular bordering mainstream and yes it has exploded in the last year I mean at the beginning of April 2020 we ticked that one million landmark show in podcasting and now here we are just over a year later and we're over 2.6 million 2.5 2.6 and it took 15 16 years to get to that first million and then a year later it's gone over double it's crazy yeah it is and you know the the and, and 2.5 million by the way that that is the conservative estimate based on what they consider to be active shows and i'm not even sure that that's that accurate i i think you know if you if you take into account the shows that just get exclusively released on one platform because let's let's be honest about it there are a lot of people that don't really know what they're doing and so what they'll do is they'll get an anchor account they'll set up a podcast and then they literally put it on anchor and that's it and they don't they don't send it to you know obviously the, there was a point where anchor was automatically adding podcasts to apple podcasts um, and spotify but you know there are so many other apps out there that people are not listed on so there's a lot of exclusive platform only podcasts there's a lot of podcasts that are done on soundcloud or other you know other platforms where they don't have an rss feed necessarily so in terms of content it's probably way more more podcasts out there and i think that itself lends itself to an understanding that people want to do this you know they whether they want to do it to listen to it or you know to to perform as well or whether they're just interested in sort of dabbling and seeing what it's like it has become a very legitimate platform now and for me that's really exciting i hear so many negative comments about oh everyone's got a podcast you know, that's the perception. It absolutely isn't. And, and here's a great stat for you. For every podcast that's out there, there are something like 500 blogs. OK, now you put that into perspective. One podcast equals 500 blogs. Do people stop putting blogs on their website because they think, oh, oh, I better not have a blog on my website because the other website, the competitors down the road, they've got a blog. So if I do a blog, everyone's got a blog. <laughs> it's just it's crazy. And and for me, it's it's a wonderful opportunity. You know, nobody complains about Google having too many results for a search word. You know, <laughs> the more the merrier. It's choice. You know, I don't know about you, but if, if you go to, um, you know, you want to buy a new computer or you want to buy a new television, you don't go by the first review that you see or the first YouTube video. You watch several. And 
each view, each article, each video that you watch, each podcast you listen to, offers a very unique, you know, perspective experience. So, I for one don't see the negativity in that. I, if I, you know, if we get ten million podcasts by the end of the year, I will be delighted with that. It's the more the merrier. We're talking here. We both work in podcasting. We've both got podcasts. We help other people launch podcasts. And I often have people asking me, why is it that you have so many coaches on your show? Why is it you have other people who do similar things to you? Well, the answer is the world is big enough. We can all be able to work alongside one another. And it's just so interesting that you say, yes, there are 517 million blogs out there. And that's great. It doesn't mean that there aren't going to be other people who do what we do. Of course there are. Who are we fooling here? Yeah, I, I think there's there's enough. I, again, it, I think Amy, it comes down. You'll know this because you're massively an LP, and you're you know you're massively involved in working with some great minds. And you know what you learn. And it's taken me a while to get to this stage myself. Obviously, I got held back by the sorts of people I was surrounding myself with when I worked in radio because it is a very short-termist thinking media. You know, it, it, radio is all about getting to the next three months, the next book. How good are we get? You know, is our audience here? How much money have we made this month? And it, it's very much, it, it's almost from the mindset that, you know, what do successful people do? They don't worry about where the next pound's coming from because they know that there's abundance there. They're going to get paid no matter what happens, no matter what their bank account looks like today. They know by the end of the week, it's going to have several zeros on the end of it. And that's just how life works when you have that abundant mindset. When you, you you live from a point of view of, you know, don't worry, you know, life runs without you. We're an ant in, you know, on, on, a, on an ocean in the grand scheme of the universe, even the planet Earth. So, you know, the fact that you didn't get that one client does not mean that your podcast production days are done. That's just not how life works. You know, and it's the whole thing about the parameters of people as well. You'll know about this NLP. You know, there are people that people wouldn't work with. There are people that people want to work with. And we can't all be for everybody because then, you know, the, the world would be a really strange place if everybody wanted to work with the same person because they all felt the same way. You know, there are people that absolutely can't stand me, especially when they read my posts about getting an Anchor account and buying a Blue Yeti. I'm totally fine with that because for me, those sorts of people, they wouldn't work well with me because I, I have a certain standard and a certain way of working where they wouldn't resonate with that. Whereas, you know, there are other podcasters that are very friendly and warm and open and they're not about, um, you know, anything other than just making the, the podcast, which is great. And and you get people that charge £25 a podcast. You get people that charge two and a half grand a podcast. Like you say, there's room for everybody. And I, like you, I find myself absolutely baffled when people turn around and say, you know, there's loads of podcasters. Why, you, you know, how, how can you make a living doing this? It's simple because I believe I can. It's, it's really that simple. And, and so far, that belief is paying off because, hey, I've got people working with me. Nobody's turned around to me and said, oh, well, Neil, I, I noticed that there's another podcaster that lives two towns away. So we're going to, you know, up sticks now and go and work with them. And if they did, I'd be like, cool, clearly you get on really well with them. I wouldn't want you to work with someone you don't want to work with. That would be lunacy. <laughs>
So let me take you back to when you shared that you're sitting on value and that you can change someone's life and you know that other people are also sitting on value and that they can change other people's lives. That's the power of the podcast is that you can connect with those people who can hear the message that you've got to share. What is your message? What value are you sitting on right now? It's going to sound really, uh, (laughs) really bad, actually. But I genuinely believe it. And I'm all about authenticity. And I know you are, too. I just I think the value that I'm sitting on is the ability to be so passionate and to be so honest that I've got no problem. If someone comes to me and they say, what do you think of my podcast? If they're prepared to accept, I won't work with them unless they are prepared to understand that I am going to be honest. I'm not going to do what every other person in their life is going to do and say, yeah, great. You're doing a brilliant job. If I think it's crap, it's crap. And, you know, I'm not going to word it like that uh, because that wouldn't be very nice. But I am going to steer them towards, okay, so you're using a microphone that's, you know, not fit for purpose. Your, you know, your, your edits are not up to scratch. You know, you're being very lazy in the way that you're editing it. Your structure is all over the place. You know, your, your titling is, is bizarre. I'm going to look at those things and I'm going to tell them honestly, look, I'm not telling you this to be mean. I'm telling you this because I want you to be the best you can be. And I want you to get results from what you're doing. It's no good to either of us if you're putting out content that is subpar just because people are too frightened to say to you, it's just not good enough. Um, And I think for me, I'm coming from a good place in that I'm not, I'd rather they disliked me because I told them something they didn't want to hear and then didn't work with me because of that, than have them work with me, tell them everything they want to hear and have them putting out a podcast that just six months down the line, they come back to me and say, Neil, you didn't help me at all. My, my downloads have actually gone down because the advice you've given me is really bad. It just, it makes no sense to me. So I think for me, it's that ability to be in the mindset because and I'll tell you another I'll tell you another example of, of what I mean by this is I put out podcasts since 2000. I can tell you categorically I'm ashamed of some of those podcasts. They were awful. They were absolutely dreadful because number one, they were badly edited. Number two, they were not well thought out. The content was stupid. I was just trying to be funny. And that was all it was. It was just, it was, sometimes they went on for 90 minutes and they were just really me just opening my brain and allowing any old, you know, it was almost like everything I'd learned in radio was funneling the podcast because it's very similar sort of thing with radio is that you put everything in and then about 40% of it's any good and we'll strike a chord with listeners. And with a podcast, you've got a real opportunity there to get rid of that 60% and get the 40% gold. Um, And that's now what I've learned over many painful podcast releases to do and to help others to do. You know, it's sometimes you've got to go to a point where your podcaster says, why did you cut out that 10 minutes of me talking to that person about insert X here? And I can say to them, because it was rubbish. Um, You didn't go anywhere with it. It was around the houses and offered no value to listener. And this for me, you'll, you'll, you'll pick up on this after a while. Everything I do is driven towards not you as the podcaster. Yeah, you'll get the benefit because then you'll be successful. But my goal is to please your listener first. 
you second. So with the audience being the centricity of the focus and you saying that you're looking for that 40% podcast gold, what makes podcast gold? Stories that are just going to make you go, whoa, an emotional connection. It doesn't have to be as dramatic as a woe, to be honest. You know, it could be something as simple as a gold nugget of information that n not everyone knows because they hide it behind a paywall that costs you £97 a month, um, that sort of thing. You know, if, if someone is willing to deliver that value, that can be enough. And sometimes the rest of it's dressing because the podcast episode itself is about that one moment. That moment could be five seconds long. And the rest of it is just the way of building that connection with the audience to get them there. It's like it's it's almost like a car journey. You know that you need to go on on holiday in the Lake District. Right. But to get there, there's certain things you've got to do. Number one, you've got to pack your car. Number two, you've got to make sure you've got provisions for the journey. Number three, got to know where you're going. Number four, you're probably going to need a rest stop because the kids are going to need a pee. And they'll be grumpy if they don't get to have a pee or have some food or, or a drink. And then you've got to know what your final destination is. You've got to know where the guest house is, where the hotel is, whatever. You've got to know what your day is going to look like once you arrive there. So, you know, if you, as part of your podcast, can make sure that all the stuff that you don't need to be in there is removed. In other words, if you can then get in the car and then you have your rest stop and have your pee, but then you've got the, the food break and then you arrive as quickly as possible. That, for me, is the goal. That is where you get the listener to the, to the destination on as quick a journey as possible. And if that journey takes 10 minutes from an hour and a half of conversation, then that's the journey. If that journey takes three hours, that's the journey. But as long as it's delivering those emotional connections, that reason, you know, if I'm going to listen to a podcast where two people are waffling about paint for an hour, then there better be a damn good reason why I'm going to sit there and listen to it. I better get some idea for some revolutionary way of painting my house or a new color I've never heard of that's going to literally be the envy of all my, my family and friends. You've got to have, again, focus on the why. Why are you doing what you're doing? And I think the 40% really becomes 100% when you strip back everything you don't need and go, why and how are we getting there? So let's talk about your journey. Where are you on your journey towards your destination? What's the plan? What's the purpose? What's the why? I am barely starting it. Amy, and I, I, I'm really excited about that because you'll know this yourself as someone that's doing this. You never, ever stop learning because the moment that you think, oh, I know everything there is to know about everything in podcasting, I can tell you, you don't. I don't. There are things that I learn on a weekly basis. And I, I'd say I probably know a lot more than maybe 95% of people out there when it comes to but because I've done my research. I've done the networking. I've connected with the right people. I've had the lunches with the people I need to connect with. You know, I've gone to the podcasting awards and I've met with the right people and had chats with them. I've, I've spoken to people as, as, as low down as the person doing a podcast about spuds, as high as Danny Wallace, you know, and, and getting inside his head and finding out how he works and how he bridges the connection between his radio show 
and and what he's doing with this podcast and the, and the thought process that he, you know, contrary to popular belief, Danny Wallace doesn't just go, right, take the radio show and stick that out there once a week on an RSS feed. He actually has a process he goes through where he identifies what content will work on a podcast because, believe it or not, he was that medium first. He is. He was doing comedy bits. He was doing stage shows. He was doing podcasts before he, you know, he wrote a book before he even became became a radio show host. And I think for me, it's it's about knowing that I'm enriched by knowledge. I'm lucky. I'm not lucky. I'm intentional. I'm going to rephrase that. But you know where I'm going. I'm I'm great grateful to the universe for imparting this passion in me that then led to me learning as much as I possibly could about this, because that's the personality I have. If I, if I want to know something about it, I have to know everything about it. Um, but I'm also aware that I've still got a lot to learn. And I think we all do. And I think the moment you think that you finished learning, you probably should stop because it just means you've lost the passion for it. You know, um, even down to the fact that there are different types of editing things that you can do in a piece of software that you might not have realized at the time. A microphone that came around that you didn't know existed that is actually perfect for your space. All those little things, they all add up and give you those 1% marginal gains each time. For me, long term, I think what I really want to do, and this is really long term, I want to take the blueprint for what I do and almost put it out there so that people can benefit from it. I'm not talking necessarily about monetizing it as, as per se, more of a brand thing, but what I want to what I want to be able to do long term is have people sort of go, "You know what? That Neil, he sort of knew what he was talking about actually." And yeah, I'd quite like to learn to do it the way that he does it because he does get the results. And, you know, I, I want to share that knowledge with people, hence talking to people like yourself. And, you know, uh, another mutual colleague that we have that I've had lots of conversations, you know, James Burt, who who's also doing exactly the same thing that we're doing and sharing those ideas with people. Because at the end of the day, I think you're you're the same as me. You believe that whether people work with us or not, if we can all help each other improve knowledge and education in the space the listener back to it wins because they get a better listening experience so where i am on that journey at the moment i think it's i'm i'm, I'm still learning um i'm still growing my business isn't anywhere near where it needs to be um and you know that that will come with time and i'm i'm more than happy to sort of sit back and go you know universe take me baby take me where you need me to go i'm i'm holding your hand i'm all in <laughs> It's fantastic. Thank you for sharing, Neil. So you said that the why is at the core of what you're doing in terms of the excellence of success and the existence. And with this medium, you are able to communicate and it's all down to the communication of your thoughts on of the value that you have. Being a communicator is probably almost a better title than being essentially being a podcaster because it's the communication that you're delivering there. I agree with you 100%. Unfortunately, if you're going to put communicator on your branding, people are going to go, what does that mean? Um, and so you're, you're, you're almost hurting yourself because, you know, I'm a great believer that when people work with me, it's not as simple as, you know, someone pays me money in exchange for, you know, services 
of helping them with their podcast is for me it's way deeper than that it might be for them you know i i i try and ascertain from my podcasters what they get out of working with me and none of them are going to tell me the 100 truth because that's what people are like they tell you what you're near here but i'd like to think on some level that they feel that they're getting more than a bloke who's helping them to produce audio once a week to release on their feed you know i i i do genuinely believe that for me it's about me not fulfilling what they deserve how do i put that in a better way i'm doing them a disservice if i'm not working with them and i think for me for them to not find me because i've tried to be too clinical about what i do it's doing them a disservice because they're then not going to get the benefit of of the help that I can give them. And I think if I'm putting myself down as a communicator, well, you know, somebody's going to look at me and go, hang on a minute, you know, you, you don't work in comms. Um, you're not on stages every week doing TEDx talks. You know, you're you're not you're not running some sort of massive multi-global communications training company. No, I'm not. But actually, in some respects, I'm doing a lot more important work than that. Thanks very much. But, you know, what I can say for definite is that I'm a podcaster. I think, you know, you and I both both know this, that the power, the Americans call it the powers in the niche. Um, and I think the more you can do to niche down and, and tell people what you specifically can help them with, I think. But but, yeah, I, I agree with you. It, it is a lot more than just podcasting. You know, podcasting is probably the tip of the iceberg with all this. You are literally teaching people to communicate more effectively. And this this even comes down to networking. You know, there's been um, people that have met me in networking events and they've said, Neil, how do you do what you do? How do you you know, because I don't get phased by standing in a room and standing up and talking to people any more than I do on, on a camera. And it's because. I know what I'm talking about, and I believe and I have that passion that allows me to, you know, articulate at times better than others. And I've had a few stumbling moments today because I'm nervous, Amy, because you're so huge and I'm intimidated by you. Um, but, you know, it, it's really about helping people to understand that as long as you believe in what you're saying and as long as you're being true to your core, you'll never have a problem standing in and telling people about what you do because... It's what you do. It's what you know. And, you know, people need and, and deserve to be given that knowledge. Yeah, they do. And just for the record, I'm only five foot eight and a half. So not that huge. <laughs> Can't tell on camera, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of the 30 years of working and that this is the way to now discovering that this is just a way not the way. And there are many ways of serving the people, but really understanding what it is that people want. What's the legacy or the ideal? Where would you like this space to go to? I would love to see a bit more done to help independent podcasters, honestly. Now, that's going to sound weird because I work with brands uh, I don't have that many independent. I've got maybe one or two independents that I work with. Um, and they're not backed. When I say independent, I mean not backed by a huge corporation that is, you know, financing a body of podcasting content. So we're not talking BBC and NPR. We're talking sort of <laughs> this this person in their shed. I would love to see because I, I think this is the scary situation is now we are seeing a lot more businesses, a lot more 
corporates coming into the space and taking their slice of the pie, which they're always going to do. It happened in TV. It happened in radio. It happened with the internet. It happens with social media platforms. And there are great tools that are doing this, like Podchaser is a perfect example of this. Good pods. That's fantastic. They've now, you know, not a lot of people like it because the corporates are going, oh, well, this isn't fair. Why, you know, we're paying for promotion. Why should these indie podcasters get their own chart? Well, do you know what? Because they deserve it. Uh, you know, they're, they're, their content is as valid as yours. And, you know, if, if they're getting a slice of your audience, up your game, mate. Produce better content. Just because you're a massive brand and you've spent money doesn't mean that they've you've got any more right to that audience. If their content is connecting, you know, more deeply than yours, then it's down to you to not pay the graduate that's just come in and you've got nothing better to give them. So you've given them podcasting. You deserve what happens to you because you're not taking it seriously enough compared to the the indie who's gone, right, I'm going to learn everything there is to know about this because I've got this stuff I want to say and I'm going to look into how I – and if that means I've got to learn to do it myself or I've got to pay some company to produce it for me, that's what I'm going to do because it's really important what I've got to say. So for me, I think that's what I want to see more of. I want to see more, more of the playing field getting evened. Not to the point that it's going to hurt corporates because it's important they're there because in some cases, not all, in some cases, they're a great benchmark. You know, when you've got people like NPR and BBC creating such great content, and it is great, as much as I'd love to sit here and tell you, that BBC stuff's rubbish. It absolutely isn't. There was a podcast that that got nominated, and I was delighted to see that it won. Um, And it was from an an LGBT podcast uh, called Youngblood. And what he's doing amazing things he does a phone in on radio one bbc radio one and he has teenagers call him up and they talk about the stuff that scares them um whether it be that they've just found out they're gay or whether they're thinking about becoming transgender or you know this stuff that is really hard to talk about on commercial mainstream radio because suits don't like that stuff because it scares away shareholders and sponsors um so stuff like that is amazing, and I want to see more of that being generated. And I, but I want to see more of it from indies as well. And as much as I am very vocal about the fact that I don't agree with what Anchor are doing, I don't like Anchor, I'm not a fan of their brand, on some levels what they're doing is good because they're giving that opportunity for people to test the water and get, you know, get the confidence to uh you know to put the stuff out there i just wish they wouldn't give up after one or two episodes and i wish that anchor would go in and clean them up afterwards but you know if there was a platform that came along and went we're going to help you promote your shows you don't have to pay us anything you know after 10 episodes 11 episodes if you're still going then we'll start charging you that's the perfect business model for me and i wish anchor would do it please anchor please do that fabulous yeah we don't want to see any more people suffering from pod fade any more than they need to no no, please don't. And I'd like to say that, actually. Sorry to sort of hijack this for a, a bit of a, a political point. But if you are thinking about pod fading, I urge you, if you're just going, you know what, I've released seven episodes and I'm not got any listeners. I know podcasters that have released 30 episodes and haven't got any listeners. And then all of a sudden, the 32nd episode they release is huge. So please, if you're at that point where you feel like you just want to quit because it's not working for you, reach out to somebody, whether it's Amy or me 
or James Burt or Pete Allen or Pete up in Birmingham. I forget his name at the moment. Sorry, the monkey pants guy or even a corporate, just somebody that you can talk to. Just send a DM and say, look, I've got a podcast. I'm really not getting it. Can you help me? Most of us are decent people that would turn around and say, look, let's jump on a Zoom for 20 minutes. So identify your pain points. Let's figure out what you, you know, what it is that's not working for you and see if we can help you. And, you know, we're not going to charge you for that because we believe in it and we love it. And the more people there are putting their stuff out there, the better for everybody, believe me, because I like to listen to it while I'm scrubbing my potatoes. I want to hear your stuff. <laughs> that sounded really dodgy. Sorry. Well, I'm doing the washing up. Let's put that one instead. No, no, no. It's all good. It's all good. Neil, it's been an absolute pleasure. How would people get in contact with you? Sure. I mean, I'm, I'm all over LinkedIn. Uh, that's kind of my jam, to, to, to quote the gin. That's probably out of date now. They probably don't say that anymore. This is how old I am. Um, you know, I love LinkedIn. I love the people on LinkedIn, and I love the connections uh, that I make on LinkedIn. You'll probably learn most of the things about me that you need to learn on LinkedIn. If you So it's Neil Velio. That's N-E-A-L. V-E-G-L-I-O. Sorry about that. My mum couldn't spell. She was Irish. We, we go with that she couldn't spell. Um, and, you know, the, the the website, if you if you fancy checking out my website, although the content, like I said, I'm still learning. I'm at the beginning of my journey. It's not much on it. It's a bit crickets. There are a couple of blog posts. That's podnosepodcasting.co.uk. Amazing. I'll put those in the show notes. Neil, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been wonderful to explore the world of Podnose podcasting with you. Have you got some final words for the audience? Podcasting is an absolute wonderful thing to get involved with, whether you do it for a business or you do it as a hobby or whatever reason you have. You need to talk to Amy about figuring out your why to, to establish why you would want to do a podcast. Um, but yeah, we've already touched on the pod fade thing. But I think what's really important for you to know is that it's not an overnight win. Uh, you know, it, it can take as as much as 18, it can take as much as four years, as long as four years. But, you know, the, the, the least amount of time you're going to be spending on this is probably about 18 months before you start to see any results. But what I can tell you is when you see those results, and I'm not even talking about audience, because obviously people fall into the trap of thinking it's all about audience. It's not. You can have massive wins with 12 listeners. And I've seen it. I've lived it. I've experienced it. I've been invited to events based on podcasts that have had barely any listeners. But it's it's about what you're putting out there that matters, not how many people are engaging with it. And I've had podcasters that that are getting thousands of listeners from not doing very much. So, you know, there is no way of predicting this. All I can tell you is the wins are there to be had if you stick with it and you know why you're doing it. Thank you for listening to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson, and if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five-star Apple podcast review. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook, and become a member of my inspiring, uplifting, and positive Focus on Why Facebook group. I help people to focus on their why with clarity, uniting their passion with their purpose with a plan to create the life they truly desire. If you would like me to help you focus on your why, then please book a free 20-minute coaching call via candidly.com forward slash Amy Rowlandson. And if you haven't already, please sign up for the Friday Focus weekly newsletter via my website, amyrowlandson.com. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.